Hi, I'm Lori, and I want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast. And I'm Rhonda. Lori and I are pastors here in Ottawa, Canada, and we're both wives, moms, and most importantly, daughters and servants of God. And it's our hope and prayer that you would have awakening moments with us as we wrestle through the hard things in life. Lori and I love that we can share our lives with you, so grab your tea or coffee, and let's awaken our hearts together. Hello, Laura. <laughs> Hi. We're laughing because Hello. those that are listening, we just redid this. <laughs> because uh, uh, we keep saying good morning, but some of you <laughs> don't listen in the morning. We're like, we need to stop saying that. So say, funny. Hello. So funny. Hi Hello. there. How are you? I'm <laughs> good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. It's so pumped, eh? I'm so Such pumped. A good our topic. series right now, we're just oh, so pumped. Yeah. And even in between all of our sessions, we keep talking. <laughs> And we keep, we need to keep yeah. recording because we're actually yeah. getting revelation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as we're talking and unpacking mm-hmm. all of the spiritual gifts. Cause we're just going to continue on with spiritual gifts because we really are receiving personal revelation. Yeah. And we were just talking about how, oh, not that we wish we can go back. God's got this for this time for yeah. us, yeah. but how much of a blessing this is for our kids, young yeah. adults to kind yeah. of get a hold. And for you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Who are listening. Yes. And for you, they're listening yeah. to get a hold of this doctrine. Yeah of what spiritual gifts are and the actual, um, how God is using them in our lives and proper just an anchoring and what it means and what it looks like because we've really not had a clarity in how spiritual gifts work. You know what I think is interesting though, despite that, despite not having a real clarity or confidence in how the spiritual gifts work, we have been using our spiritual gifts. All of us, you have been, I have been, and you who are listening, you have been, whether you're aware of it or not, you have been, because again, they're enabled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. So whether you're like consciously aware of how you're stepping into that, you are, Mm -hmm. you're using Mm -hmm. your spiritual gifts. They're inside you. The Holy Spirit has given them to you. He's empowered them in you, whether you're aware of it or not, you are operating in them. And so again, this, like what we're really trying to dig into here is about having that revelation understanding of what those are so that we can be even more intentional absolutely, about walking in them and have even more confidence in what the Holy Spirit has enabled us to do. I think such a huge part, and I keep saying this every time, is me letting go of the idea that this is somehow mine, that I have some sort of ownership in this. And every day, just before the Lord saying, this is your gift, this is your, it's your body. It's for the benefit and the building up of your body. So you enable this and I will be faithful. That's my role, right? Every time, every day. And so today um, we're going to unpack, we're going to start to break down the um, categories. So um, the the work that uh, Clinton has done in the Understanding Giftedness and the Unlocking Your Gifting um, books, he talks about that there are three clusters, he uses the word clusters, of gift mixes. And it's not that if you are in one of the clusters that you necessarily have all of those gifts, but it's just that the gifts are actually Uh, there's a connection, I think there's a connection and a purpose. And so Rhonda, why don't you read for us the, uh, the word gifts for sure. Their word gifts clarify the nature of the unseen God and what he expects from his followers. People using these gifts both communicate about God 
and for God. So that's really critical. They both communicate about God and for God. Word gifts help us to understand God's nature, his purposes, how to relate to him. And this includes exhortation, teaching, apostleship, ruling, or it's also said as leadership, a leadership gift, prophecy, faith, pastoring, evangelism, words of wisdom, and words of knowledge. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense when you think about um, those gifts. Like when you think about that category of giftings, that makes a lot of sense because you often do use words. I know it's very literal, but you're using words to communicate. And I love that description, God's nature, God's purpose, and how to relate to him, communicating about God and for God. So mm. that's, mm. that's, that's pretty powerful. It's really that's powerful. That's pretty powerful. Those mm-hmm. word gifts. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's really, really good. I love that. Um, the power gifts are another category or another cluster. And the power gifts are described as the demonstration of God's reality. The power gifts authenticate and bring credibility to the point, uh, to, excuse me, the power gifts authenticate and bring credibility point to the reality of the unseen God. So these would include gifts like faith, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, healing, word of wisdom, and prophecy. So interesting, very, very interesting. There's actually some of the gifts that fall in the word category and the power category. Yeah. Like, like this exactly. Cause we didn't realize that till as you just said that prophecy, both fallen word and power. And so do words of wisdom. We can see both of them working together. So that is really neat. So and we just had a side conversation about that saying like, yeah, prophecy can fit into both of those very much. Even words of wisdom, knowledge, um, again, using all those words, but there is a there is a supernatural sort of power that comes in order to operate in that. And then it's got to be executed using words and speaking for God or speaking on behalf of God or or speaking to the nature of God. So again, I can really see how some of those gifts kind of fall into either or mm-hmm. of those categories. That's really, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. That is so neat. And then we've got the love gifts. And these are precious. And I just want to say about the love gifts that they're a special honor for those that have love gifts because it says what you do in secret, God sees and will reward. And love gifts are often done where people don't see. You know, a lot of these other, the word gifts, power gifts are things that a lot of people do see. They're more visible. Yeah, not always. I'm not saying that God doesn't, we don't do everything in front of people, but there is something about the love gifts that it's the greatest of all is love and the greatest is a servant of all. And there's a real, it's a beautiful, the love, those that I feel that have the love gifts represent incredible humility and servant's heart in a way that inspire the rest of us in the body. Like they show that practical side and that's exactly what they are. They are the manifest. So the love gifts are manifestations attributed to God through practical ways that we can recognize by our world around us that needs love. They demonstrate the reality of relating to God and love gifts demonstrate God's work in people and attract others to seek relationship with him. So it's a very practical way of demonstrating God's love through practical means. Yes. And uh, it's beautiful. The love gifts are so beautiful. All of them we need in the body of Christ. But I just want to give a special note to love gifts because... They are definitely some, most of those gifts you don't see on a regular basis. They're working one-on-one or behind the scenes and it's, it, they're just spectacular. And often those gifts are 
as they're in full operation, they're actually supporting one of the other gifts that's also being manifested that's right. um, at the same time, which is so cool. So the love gifts are administration, helps, mercy, and giving. Yes. So again, those all of those gifts come under the other gifts and actually propel those gifts forward. And mm-hmm. without them, the other gifts actually can't be in full operation, which is That's so right. interesting. It's almost like the love gifts are like the heart that yes. it's so hidden, right? Yes. Even as part of the body, it's so hidden you never see it, but the body cannot function without the heart. The heart is so integral to everything else working right? It's almost like so true. And it pumps the oxygen. Like it literally pumps oxygen and life through the body to allow the body to function and enables, 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 enables everything else to, to happen, to move, to work in the order that it, that it should. So, so beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting too, in the love gifts when it comes to tensions is that, you know, if we ever imagined our heart, like, and the importance of the role that it plays trying to come outside the body to, to be, to be seen or, or visible, that obviously doesn't work for one it doesn't work and everything else can't function as Mm -hmm. it does so there's even some tensions I think for those who have the love gifts um, just because of the unseen nature of how they operate and the power Mm -hmm. of how they operate but the heart could never exist outside the body Mm -hmm. and so you know even everything falling into place the way that it's meant to is is so so important so just a reiteration word gifts clarify the nature of the unseen God they communicate about God and for God. The power gifts demonstrate the reality of God. They they authenticate and bring credibility to the point to and point to the reality of the unseen God. So again, there's there's a, a credibility and authentication to the working of the spirit of God that is unseen that really takes faith and uh, you know discernment mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. eyes that go beyond the natural. And then the love gifts. Um, work through practical ways um, to serve a world that needs love and they demonstrate the reality of relating this to God and so again love is the heart of God God Mm. is love so I love that you gave special honor for the love gifts because God does too Mm -hmm. God does. does too so I think it'd be really neat to maybe go a little bit deeper into, we can talk about maybe the first three that we, okay. that we come up with, with the word gifts, word with gifts. teaching, okay. exhortation, and apostleship. Okay. So maybe we can just dive into those a little bit deeper. So people that are listening, all of our listeners can say, can I understand what they are? And if this is a gift that's primary in their lives. Okay. So I love start that with teaching. You want to take that one, Lord? Yeah, for okay. sure. So people, again, using these gifts, both communicate about God and for God. This is the word gifts. So we're going to unpack teaching as a gift. Now, automatically, um, we can probably think about people who have a teaching gift. You know, for example, like my husband definitely Mm -hmm. has a Mm -hmm. profound and powerful teaching gift. And the funny thing about a teaching gift is that a teaching gift fires off all the time, even when teaching is not <laughs> necessarily wanted or needed. And so, and would your kids attribute, would they, would they oh, support totally. that comment? Yeah, yeah, totally. Now I don't say that at all in no, any, like, I don't mean amazing. that in any like negative or bad way, you know, about, about Jay in any way, but it is funny because, you know, any time that we sit down to have like family devotions or to unpack, like, like, like Jake cannot help himself but unpack like to a level of detail or care 
that again, our kids don't necessarily appreciate. (laughs) It's always profound and I love it. And I'm like, wow, that is so good. And it just like, it's just so, it just effortless. Like that idea of it being effortless, it just, it just rolls out of him. It flows out. Like he, he can't even shut it off. The depth and the revelation. It's just like bubbles. Every time he just shares anything about the word. Totally. So it's a really, really cool thing. Gift to see in operation. Yeah. But it is funny that, you know, kind of how, how it's perceived, I guess, just, you know, in it, in an everyday, in an everyday context. And so, um, what we see in the gift of teaching that I think is very, very interesting is the gift of teaching. There can be a natural ability to teach or a skill to teach like many, many teachers in schools, many teach like teaching is a very important skill in life. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. any sort of, um, you know, manager has to do training for employees, any sort of like apprentice or trade. There's a teaching aspect, even as parents, like we have to teach our kids constantly to like get through life and all of that. So teaching has a very natural sort of component that many of us have to operate in. Even you and I, Rhonda, in our early years, we were actually school teachers. We We both taught, um, at our private Christian school. And I did for four years. I think you did for four or five years as Mm -hmm, well. mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, and, and I actually was a really good teacher, like meaning like, I don't, I'm I'm not saying that as like a pat on the back, but like, as a, like as a primary school teacher, I, I really, really enjoyed helping kids learn to read and learn to write and, and, and honing, like learning and honing how to do it better and better and more effectively. But I would not say that I have the spiritual gift of teaching. I would not say that that would be a gift that the Holy Spirit has enabled in me. And I've never felt that it has been. In mm-hmm. fact, you know, even having to move into some aspects of teaching or preaching, mm-hmm. it's been very intimidating for me because number one, I'm married to an incredible teacher who has the spiritual gift of teaching. And number two, just my own Uh, insecurities and inadequacies around it. Um, Like I could teach as I learned how to teach a certain, you know, curriculum or a certain specific thing, I could do that. But that was more of a skill that I acquired that I learned and developed. Um, But to expound God's word in a, in a profound way was very hard and difficult and took a lot of effort and a lot of time to put together. And so it's definitely been something I've grown in again, and acquired some skill around and still growing and still learning in it. But, um, but again, teaching wasn't one that I operated in. And so for you, the harder thing with teaching, if this is a spiritual gift that you have, you have to make sure that you understand that it is about teaching the word of God. It's about an, a supernatural ability to unpack the word of God in a way that listeners receive revelation and understanding. It's not just that you can teach someone how to cook or you can teach someone how to um, put up drywall or you can teach. So it's Mm -hmm. not just that, Mm -hmm. not that that's not important and valuable. That's amazing. You know, or you might be a teacher in a school or you might be. Those are natural or acquired gifts. This is a very different. This is different. So it's important to make that distinction Mm, and just not to assume that just because, well, maybe I'm a teacher, that's my, my profession that I, that would be my spiritual gift. Don't make that assumption. 
really ask the Lord if that's what he's given you. And so here are some of the symptoms of the gift of teaching according to uh, Clinton in the unlocking uh, book, unlocking your gifting book. So people who have the gift of teaching will constantly understand truth as a result of what you say about the Bible. You will have a tremendous drive within you to understand truth and will look for ways to explain that truth to others. You will be able to discipline yourself to study the word of God. You will find yourself overly concerned about meaning and will not be satisfied with unclear explanations, either your own or others. You will be constantly learning new communication methodologies with which you become more effective in your teaching. Oh my gosh, that's so Jay. Like Mm. he never stops honing his craft Mm. ever, 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 ever. It's incredible to watch behind the scenes because I'm always like, you're so good at it. And he never stops. Like he's constantly observing anybody who stands and presents information and is gleaning and learning from it. You will see people becoming more Christ-like in their actions and thoughts as a result of your helping them to understand uh, biblical truth. People will know God in an ever-increasing depth because of your ability to practically explain biblical truth in terms of their uh, context. Mm. And so one of the cautions that teachers need to have is because of their influence over others, the scriptures actually say that teachers will be held accountable at a higher standard than others. And so James 1.3 unpacks this and says, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that those who teach will be judged more strictly. So again, this is not a flippant gift that you, you know, that you want to like identify with unless the Holy Spirit has supernaturally given you this gift. This gift is extremely important because of its function in the body. And in order to live out the practical implications of our faith, we must first understand the truth and and the truth that we're basing our convictions upon. And so teaching provides us with a clarification and an explanation of those biblical truths. And and it, it is extremely valuable and important in the body of Christ and so necessary and needed. So So that would be a little bit of an unpacking of uh, the gift of teaching, the spiritual gift of teaching. Again, that one can have some challenge in identifying just because there are so many natural skill sets and acquired skill sets around that gift. But um, I think that the whole, you can trust the Holy Spirit to bring revelation Mm. if that's something that he's given to you. And then the second part that I just want to remind you as the Holy Spirit's bringing revelation is just the measure. Mm. So your measure may be in your small group and that may be where you need to be faithful. Mm -hmm. Like you may never Mm -hmm. teach on a stage. You may never teach to hundreds. You may never teach to thousands. You, the Lord may give you a small, it may be your family. And that's mm-hmm. where you're called to be faithful, to mm-hmm. bring biblical teaching, to help bring revelation. And that's just as much as the spiritual gift, if that's the gift the Holy Spirit has given you. But again, don't be concerned about the measure and don't automatically try to put yourself, if you believe this is your gift, try to put yourself in an environment like, well, I should be on the stage and I'm mad that I'm not. Or, you know, you have to allow God to make room for the gifting that he's Mm -hmm. placed in your life. Mm -hmm. Be patient to walk that out and be faithful with every stage that he's given you. And again, the other side of it is that if you have a desire to be a teacher, but yet you're not seeing the, if you're really honest, you're not seeing the fruitfulness of all of what we've just outlined and described, 
then perhaps that is a skill you can develop, but perhaps it's not your primary spiritual gift mm-hmm. that has been given to you. And you can, you can grieve that, like you can mm-hmm. grieve that, but lay that down and embrace mm-hmm. what God has given you and then let something, you know, flow out of that. One of the things, the last thing I'm going to say about teaching is, um, you know, as, as I've been really seeking the Lord in this season around gifts, one of the tweaks, I think that the Lord just gave me a tweak revelation around my own gifting was as he revealed that faith is my primary gift. I realized that even when I preach or teach that it's actually a gift of faith that begins to fire off. And so all of a sudden I was completely set free to operate in the fullness mm. of that gift mm-hmm. as I used a teaching skill set to manifest that gift. And I put all the comparisons down. I put all the intimidation down. I put all the insecurities down because I just had a full confidence in the working of the Holy Spirit Mm. and the gift that I have been entrusted with and enabled to. Mm. And I was able to use that in a teaching or preaching um, way. And so even over the last like year or so, I feel like everything about how I teach has shifted. Like I used to spend, I'm not kidding, like the hours, like the hours it would take me to put a message together, to practice it, to get it inside, to feel confident, to be able to deliver it. Whereas like now there's actually such an ease. It just comes with such ease. And then even the delivery, like there's no stress in it. There's no Mm. um, insecurity in it. I can just step fully into the gifting that the Lord has given me knowing it's not the primary one's not faith, uh, sorry, not teaching, but faith is being exercised. So that's what I would say about teaching. That was kind of long. That was, that was I'm amazing. sorry you had to sit there and listen no, to that all that. Rhonda. Excellent. Oh my goodness. It was excellent. I loved it. So, oh, I love that. And then this next one we're going to talk about, well, actually just let me say one little footnote to that. When you're talking about um, spiritual gifts, and I just want to reiterate that if you don't have the spiritual gift of it, we still have to practice a spiritual discipline. Okay. So, you know, so unpack that a little bit or in regards to teaching. Yeah. So that would be a moment that if you don't see it opening up like that opportunity, you can still operate in the spiritual discipline of teaching and doing those things or stretching yourself that the opportunity comes. Some guys, many times God will pull us into an opportunity to operate in something that's maybe not our gifting to stretch us, to grow us. Like if I don't have the gift of helps, of course, I'm still going to help. You're still, as bringing a the water, you're still bringing the water bottles, Rhonda. <laughs> Absolutely. Still picking up the water bottle. <laughs> God's dealing with humility and pro- like pride and he, we need the spiritual discipline. So, you know, there'll be moments, but when we do it, it's not the same ease as when we're walking in our spiritual gift. And that's how you know, or the opportunities, you'll have way more opportunities open up in your natural spiritual gift that God will allow but that's not to say we operate in all the spiritual gifts with discipline. We do it with discipline because that is part of growing in Christ. That's part of becoming more like Christ. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But the ease and the opportunities you'll see with your dominant spiritual gift. And so, you know, like you're saying, if that those opportunities aren't opening up like this, you might have the odd one. Well, that could just be a discipline that God's allowing you to stretch in, but it may not be your spiritual gift. And I love that. And again, where the ease comes is if you can almost partner Mm. your primary with 
another expression of that gift. Yes. That's where an ease can come. And again, yes. how you described that exactly was my experience. Like there was no ease yes. in getting up to teach or preach. Like it was, it was a discipline and so painfully hard and so much time and hours. Like anytime I had to preach on a Sunday, like my whole weekend would be, I like I, I didn't get a weekend because I had to just yes. spend so much time in, in uh, so much work, right? So much work. It came, it came at a great cost. Whereas now as I'm operating and, and just much more aware, it, there's such, a, there's such, so much more of an ease yes. in the expression of that. It's beautiful. Yeah. So just a reminder for those that are listening. Yeah. It's really important. So the next one I'm really excited to talk about because it actually is one of my primary spiritual gifts and is exhortation. So the gift of exhortation is a capacity to urge people to action in terms of applying biblical truths, to encourage people generally with biblical truths, or to comfort people through the application of biblical truth to their needs. So you are urging people to action, to apply, you are bringing comfort to people to, you know, to apply truth, comfort, and encouraging. So action, encouragement, and comfort kind of work together like a threefold expression in this gift. And I just feel like that's so beautiful. And I, I love reading about this because I feel like this is exactly where I, when I look back in my life, this is where ease comes. This is a definite spiritual gift. And I'm so, those that are listening, this is how you know you have the symptoms of this gift. People generally react strongly, sometimes for or sometimes against what you say. You frequently find yourself giving advice to others to do this or that. You often find that you have a word to share with someone in need and the person receives it as a comforting word from God. People frequently confide their inner thoughts to you because they sense that you have an empathetic ear and they're comforted in the process. People like to be around you because you often cheer them up simply by your attitude or demeanor. <laughs> we're, we're totally giggling here because you're. this is reading your mail, Rhonda. It is. I don't know if my kids would say that. I have a little bit more of the exhortation of aligning truth to the my cor- children. The correction. The correction wing. Yeah, my parenting may not be all three aspects and so maybe a bit more on one side. But you often sense an urgency to get something done and are willing to communicate that urgency to others. Oh my goodness. That's so interesting. That is actually (gasps) how I live with urgency. I feel like that. The intensity. You do. I know. As I was reading this, as we were going through, I was like, oh my goodness. You love to share with anyone a truth from a passage of the Bible that means something to you. You are not satisfied with a superficial acceptance of truth, but you want people to use that truth in their lives. You enjoy sharing stories about God's involvement in your life because you know that God can use it to encourage others. So that's like, if you, if you have this, you are ringing, like your heart is ringing. <laughs> and even as you're sitting here, it, it's actually I'm giggling what we do. so much because <laughs> this is, this just this is you like this yeah. is you this is yeah definitely definitely and again we 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 spoke about it in another podcast but that like i saw this all of this not fully developed obviously but i saw this awaken in you like i saw it awaken in you as a little girl i saw yeah. something awaken that wasn't there before mm-hmm. that wasn't there in the same way before that a holy spirit empowerment a wo- and that's this is how it started to be expressed And you were like this, like even throughout all the teen years, going into your 20s, like you have authentically lived and operated in these, like it's amazing that even the descriptions are so 
so accurately describe you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yes. Because you could have said all of these things just about yourself yes. without knowing that they all fit together under the category of a spiritual gift. That's so cool. It's so cool. So that's exactly how it's going to feel for you. Like as we're going through the spiritual gifts, it's literally going to feel like, like you're reading yourself. Like even as I'm reading this, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And there's an ease and a joy. And you literally feel the significance in the kingdom of God as you're operating this way. You spirit, you feel the spiritual empowerment. Like it's not just you. And you often feel yourself moving into areas that are like, I actually feel the presence of God in me when I do this. You actually feel it's very supernatural. And a little thing about the gift of encouragement is the major way through through this gifting, which God allows the body of Christ to, is to ena- enable each other to live practically godly lives. And it's because it's about truth. It's about speaking truth. It's about comforting with truth. It's about aligning with truth. It really is about that. And it's done in a very encouraging way, but it's also exhortation in this is about aligning to truth. And that's where... You know, I heard a really funny saying that someone with a gift of encouragement, you'll feel like you've been kind of slapped and hugged at the same time. (laughs) You'll walk away feeling all cozy, but you're like, ooh, that kind of hurt a little bit too. They'll hug you, slap you, hug you in a way that it's encouraging (laughs) you, but then it's also aligning something, but then encouraging you. So there is a comfort in it, but it also is calling you to an urgent urgency to action but it's very practical about this is how you should live this is what you should be looking at and that's a really neat thing because christians encourage one another to face trials and this is with this gifting by sharing what god has done for them in similar situations and christians urge one another to take action in terms of applying biblical truths that it's about living it out and so they encourage one another to have faith be confident in god and in the future and this is a gift that quite a few people in the body can expect to have and operate in So it's a beautiful thing. So it really is. And once again, we're not talking just about the gift. There's measurement of this gift. But if you have the gift of exhortation, this is what you can expect in your life. And it will mature in different ways. Because when I even look back in my life, it probably had a bit more of the comfort side, the encouragement side. But as God has matured this gift, it's definitely moved more into the exhortation side where I can speak very confidently harder truths to align truth in people I'm speaking with, with a comforting, encouraging way. But I, that has come through maturity and comes through confidence in knowing the scriptures and knowing what God has done in my own life and having a confidence that I'm hearing from God as I'm sharing truths. So you may be at the beginning part of this, but it will develop just like we're talking about teaching. It comes every gift comes with a measurement, but it does mature and grow. Now that capacity does look different for everyone, but the measurement changes also with maturity, but everything brings us to, there is a requirement to know the word of God because we can't naturally operate out of this. This is a supernatural, but the well of it is a Holy spirit, but the well pulls from the word of God. So I really feel like in my own life, as I have developed a greater thirst for the word this gifting has actually propelled through the empowerment, but through the word of God. So every gift we're talking about, I just want to bring it back to, we need the word of God. That's actually the Holy Spirit and the word of God propel these gifts. Um, it's not ever on our own. It's through those, those things that empower it. So, so that is really, so, that's so cool. I know a couple other things I've heard about this gift are, you know, if you have this gift, others may describe you as like annoyingly happy and encouraging <laughs> all the time, like almost yes. to the point where they question, like, is it authentic? Like, yeah. 
and 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 it's true like it is true that sometimes you wonder with people who operate in this gift like how like how can they <laughs> see such good in everyone and how can they be so happy all the time and and it is part of the expression and if you dig down and if you really know somebody it is actually authentic. Like yeah. They, yeah. they're doing it from a genuine place that comes from something the Holy Spirit has given them. Eyes to see the good, eyes to see in an encouraging way and to call out. And like you said, I would agree that earlier, like in earlier years, it did manifest as much more like just always wanting to make people feel special and mm-hmm. feel good mm-hmm. and, and understand their worth and value. And, you know, you even said before that, you know, part of, even how you feel like God's wired you and created you, like the purpose he's put you on the earth for was to help people understand their significance, Mm -hmm. help people know that they are loved and they're valued and they matter. And it's just part of, and you do that everywhere you go. I mean, even on our staff, it's kind of funny because we've given like somebody, I don't remember who, but someone gave you like this nickname of like, did you just get Rhonda? (laughs) Because Rhonda will come into kind of any space or any room like you will come in and you will just begin to speak life over someone. But the cool thing is usually as you start to speak life, it usually starts with like a compliment or an encouragement. And then it start, and then all of a sudden, an, like a deeper utterance will start to flow out. I think even like, I don't know if you want to talk about this because again, we're just learning, like we're learning, but mm-hmm. maybe touch on the connection with this gift with some of the other gifts like how they kind of play together do you do you want to talk about that a little bit because yeah. I've seen that in you like I've seen you do this like you start by just edifying someone building them up um, you know just giving them some encouragement just filling their soul with life and then all of a sudden it'll kind of shift into this very like pointed sort of prophetic, you know, sometimes the Lord gives it to you before, or sometimes it's happening as you're talking. Like sometimes mm-hmm. as you're talking, you'll just begin to get this like mm-hmm. picture, this sense, and you'll start to bring that exhortation side, that corrective side. But even sometimes it has a prophetic mm-hmm. sort of edge because mm-hmm. you're speaking into like something that is going to happen or something that you can see that they need to, to lean into. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to Sure. This is kind of neat because this is one of my gifts. It's going to be neat when you sp- speak about yours because it really is firing off so much. And like as we were reading this book um, that we've been talking about unlocking the giftedness, um, the definition of ex- exhortation kind of encapsulated like truths and comforting people, application of truth. But what's really neat is there it, there's actually a threefold expression it talks about in this book. And I identify with this because even when we were doing our spiritual gifts, I was kind of going back and forth with prophetic because oftentimes I'll get a strong sense for someone when I'm speaking with them or like you said at home, I'll get a sense of a word, a picture, um, a vision for them, something for them that I feel like this is something God's revealing to me for them to encourage them, to edify them, but also to align, sometimes even to align in a loving way. Um, And I was like, where does that kind of fall? And when this definition came up, it talks about admonition, uh, encouragement, and comfort, and that there is a prophetic of utterance in this. So there is actually a threefold. The, the admonition is a little bit of the prophetic, that you're seeing things, you're reading a temperature, you're getting a, 
you're admonishing them, but you're also, it's a corrective. And the, and the prophetic has that where you see something and there's a clarity that you bring, but it's to encourage them to propel forward. It's not to bring criticism. It's not to bring judgment. And it's not in a teaching way to unpack. It's more of a way to quickly align them to a God's truth of what how God is seeing them, how God is seeing the situation. And that's kind of like the threefold expression in this gift. And it talks about that it is a distinct gift and it's got some prophetic like gift merging into it. Right. So like the expression of it can be like teaching prophetic and the Comfort. exhortation. Yep. kind of all work those three gifts sort mm -hmm. of have like a partnership yeah right and even yeah. in maturity often somebody starts with one but then as they grow and mature in Christ often there's like a in, almost like an entangling of the three yeah. yeah but again like as we're just learning this or having this revelation it is it, it does seem to be that you know that primary so if that yes. primary is exhortation that's sort of the it's almost like the vehicle that the others come through that's right there's still that those other gifts in operation but it's almost like they're coming through yes. the lens or the the vehicle of yeah of that sort of primary expression of it but yeah that's a, that's a cool because i could it see that neat. i could like, see that i've never seen connection. that threefold like a threefold and i don't know if all the other descriptions have that yeah but it's saying that there's a threefold expression of this gift and like you said i shouldn't say not teaching i meant like the teaching is more like aligning to the word versus like the gift of teaching that unpacks like the complexities and makes it for people to understand understand this is more like the word bringing the teaching of truth with encouragement and prophetic to encourage them to have an urgency to move forward and take action and so that threefold is now like oh okay that's where the prophetic has very much had a dominant and it does say as you mature in this gift the three will definitely start to become like a harm they'll harmonize together but generally speaking, you start with a stronger. So I'm like, ah, it, it says that right in the footnotes. You'll start with the stronger. So more like the comfort of encouragement, exhortation came first. But actually now the harmony of the prophetic and the teaching, which is the exhortation, has now come through the gift. So I'm like, wow, that makes sense of the, complex, the complexities. And even as a side thing, even my Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram 3. It's neat even to see in our personalities how God supernaturally uses things, but it actually is where everything, it, I don't want to get to natural and all that, but this is actually a really neat thing because like I... Like you, you sense like there's a compliment to a how God wired, wired me, but with the, like I've got the natural gifts acquired, but with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, how some of these things are, they go to a whole nother level in my life that... Yeah, I don't know how I'm trying to process. No, that. I know, I know what you mean. I do know what you mean, but I wonder too. I, 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 I think actually there's, there's even so more uniqueness yeah, to yeah, that because yeah. yeah. I definitely can see some aspects of like, like the urgency part, or yeah. like, like that's also part of kind of how you're wired and driven. But I think there's lots and lots of Enneagram threes that are not encouragers. Yeah, it's true because they're it's so true. Very, it's true. Like they're very self motivated like yeah. their motivation is really all about their own success their own image their own like the focus do you know what I mean and that's where like when the holy spirit empowers something like it is so much it's so different than your just your disposition your it's disposition yeah. but yes obviously your disposition is going to play a part in kind of the expression of yeah, that i guess right? that's what i'm trying to say i'm like wow it's kind of neat like as i've been trans like as god transforms us 
that how it just seeps into everything too. But it, it is kind of neat when I look back in my life and I'm like, wow, like that's, that's really neat. Like I, I'm just so grateful, like just so grateful to understand this. And, um, yeah, I didn't want to get off on the Enneagram there. We're no, not no, even no, talking okay. about that, that's but I'm just, I'm processing through yeah. my own life and how you're wired, but I love, love the threefold expression. So if you have this, you may misinterpret sometimes this gifting as having prophetic gifting because that's, I found that I was a little not sure, or they were even, Okay. they actually are a threefold that work together in harmony called exhortation. And there is a harmonizing of some of those expressions that come through the gift of exhortation. So cool. really neat. I wonder too, we are, will unpack prophecy, but I wonder too if prophecy is one of those gifts that actually has a lot of expressions, yes. like a lot of expressions yes. through other gifts, you know, cause I even think of like the gift of intercession, for example. Mm. And as you kind of go into this place of praying through something that God can literally give you yeah. like the picture, the, f- yeah. the future, you know, event of what needs to take place or the truth that needs to be right. Or even the gift of faith, or there's so many, or even word of knowledge, like all, like so many of them intersect with prophecy, which is interesting. And I wonder if that's why Paul said, like, desire the higher gifts. And I wish that all of you would prophesy. I wonder if it's because, yes. like, even in teaching, even in, yes. like, there there can be this sort of prophetic aligning part that comes right in through the gift of prophecy, but that through other gifts. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I wonder if that's part of why um, Paul specified and mm-hmm. kind of broad stroked mm-hmm. prophecy, mm-hmm. um, over all the other ones. Yeah. Cause it, there's such a connection between hmm, very interesting. I know. So interesting. So anyways, so, that's how, so for you, what would you say, like understanding this for yourself and really like honing this and really just identifying this for yourself? Like what is that doing for you as your expression of just how you work out the building of the kingdom of God. What's it doing yeah. for you? Well, I think similar to you, I think even, you know, I have the gift of leadership, but sometimes you look at leaders around you and like teaching, like your example for teaching, I'm thinking, I'm not exactly one to go into the deep truths or bring like research and research and have these like complicated things brought very simply. I find that intimidating and hard and it's a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. So even as you've shared that with preaching, with leading when I've known now, now, as I'm realizing more and more that it's actually the gift of exhortation, there's a joy in being able to empower with urgency and realizing I'm intense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like everything I share, I'm like, and you, you're all like, I'm so intense. Like yeah. about like, you are loved. You are significant. Even as I share, there's an intensity. Stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, obey the word. You know, like it really is part of how God's made me and not to try to diminish that, but also like just to let it freely flow from a place that's authentic, but truly how God has empowered me to be in preaching, in leading, in teaching, in exhorting, in mentoring, to allow the gift of exhortation that when there's a hard truth that I'm like, oh, okay, this is part of a gift. You're not to shy away from it or second guess it. And as you move in more with confidence from deep study, we always have to be immersed in the word of God and bring everything to the word of God and to our own hearts first. I feel like there's a confidence and an ability to step out in greater, I guess, greater confidence in God to be who God's called me to be and also to speak into the body of Christ the way God's asked me to speak into the body of Christ and not to shy away or to almost to fluff it up, but to also just realize it will come with the spiritual gift of encouragement that will be a hug and sometimes a slap and a hug. And it's okay. It doesn't always have to be a hug. And I think 
that's maybe where I've had tensions in the past where I've sensed things and I just haven't been like, oh, well, I don't want to hurt them. But I realized, no, more and more as I'm growing in God, it's coming more and more in a way to love people. It's never to judge or to criticize. It's to exhort and to lift and to call people to action because they're significant and they're loved and seen by God. So it's really exciting. And I, I identify with you too, too, Lori, when we were talking about preaching, it's been a real honor to be able to step a bit more into that, those opportunities. And it was very intimidating the first beginning because exactly I was comparing myself to be like, okay, I've got to unpack in a teaching way and like hours and stress and maybe like a couple days in the bathroom of just <laughs> nerves, maybe <laughs> too much information, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but just the nerves of it. And not that the responsibility, you don't feel the weight of when you deliver the word of God, there's always a weight that comes with that for sure. And there should, but there's an ease in the delivery because you're delivering from a spiritual gifts that you're relying on the Holy Spirit to operate from versus trying to be someone I'm not being someone I am. So I'll always be intense. I'll always be urgent. I'll always be like the rah, rah, like, come on, let's do this motivating that's how God has wired me because this is my spiritual gift. Wow. And so it's a beautiful thing to be liberated. Wow. To be who God's called us to be. Yeah. So would like you, you say, would you say that you have ever been guilty of um, elevating one gift over another in the sense of like, it's cooler to have the gift of prophecy than to have the gift of exhortation? Oh, I like, feel, I mean, I really like, like as sure. you think it through, like, like, you know, when you do the test and you see what oh, comes out yeah. and you're like, oh yeah, like I, oh, I'm yeah. a, I have a pride prophecy. <laughs> like, and you kind gift. of feel yeah. like you kind of feel a little yeah. bit like that's a more powerful, like that's a more, um, impactful, you know, a, a Holy spirit ordained gift than like exhortation, encouragement, like big deal. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so what? Like I, you know, I help people feel good about themselves or feel yes. good about like, do you, have you ever been guilty yes. of kind of like holding those intention and kind of elevating for one. Sure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For same, sure. same, same, same. We can minimize it or feel it's not as significant or as powerful, you know, cause I've always, and this is true. This is what I've always wanted to have like a, a teaching gift. When I watch your Jay teach, when I watch, I, I'm even gonna say my brother-in-law, when I listen to him talk, there's such a gift of teaching. I was like, ah, oh, I wish rat like, when I hear different teachers, I feel like I wish I could actually take that truth and say it like that. Like, I wish I could actually hone in on that revelation and unpack it like that. And I actually have a deep desire to develop that spiritual discipline, but it's not a natural gift. And there's, <laughs> like, it's not, but I do like, it's more like that. I actually have said, have said, oh, I wish I had that gift, you know? I've yeah, no, no, that. no, no, for sure, for sure. Oh, I, we I, all, like, we all yeah. are. Yeah. Like, we all are with different ones. Yeah, so someone, like, yeah, so I think we all feel like that. And that's just to say, like, they may look at some of us that operate in a very public manner and be like, oh, they must love that they can do that. No, we actually have looked at other <laughs> gifts and be like, my, you know, that's a, that's a really awesome gift. Can I not have that? Or faith. I don't think in a faith term that way. Yeah. And so yeah. when I watch you operate, I think, oh, how did I not see it? And like, like that, in that far reaching way yeah. or think the impossible so right. easily. You just naturally think the impossible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, I think the other thing that comes with those tensions again, cause we, we want to just be honest about our own journeys yeah. in this, but is that because we operate in the gift that the Holy Spirit has empowered in us with ease, I think it also makes us, you, I loved when you said diminish that word diminish, but I think it easily makes us actually diminish it because it doesn't feel 
like it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel yes, hard. It doesn't feel yes. like we've had to like strive. We've, yeah. we, there's an ease in it. And we kind of feel like, well, it's normal. Like, doesn't everybody yeah. just yes. do that? Doesn't yes. everybody just think like that? Doesn't yeah. everybody, there's such an ease because the Holy Spirit's uh, empowered it that we almost just don't recognize its power. We don't recognize what it actually brings to the table. And as you were describing, like what the Holy Spirit's doing for you as you're really unpacking this, I think that's just it. Like we have to understand how important the gift that you've been given is <laughs> like, like the one that you've been given, it's so important and it's so mm -hmm. integral and it needs to be used like powerfully and profoundly and confidently mm -hmm. in the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and not diminished in mm -hmm. any way, just because it comes with ease to you, like it and you're like, oh, it's not really, it's not really that special. That's how it feels because it's so easy. It doesn't it's feel so special. Good to say it like that. That's right? Exactly. So again, yeah. I think that's part of this understanding, this unpacking, this revelation is to understand, no, just because, um, like just because you operated in ease, it is very supernatural and very special and very needed. And again, some of those other gifts that we sort of elevate, that we desire, that we want, um, we just have to be careful in there yes. that we walk that really, really open-handedly with the Lord and with the Holy Spirit. And he may, he may, you know, sort of place that on, like give us that opportunity at some point in our life mm -hmm. or maybe never. Or maybe never. And we have to be content in that. I know for me, the one that I always wanted was prophecy. I always thought that was like, that's definitely an elevated gift in my, in my mind. And I always wanted to be able to have the Lord say something to me in, you know, in, in the morning. I just imagine it going like this, like in the morning or saying, Lori, I want you to go to Walmart. I want you to go to the second aisle in the kitchen section. And there's going to be a woman standing there. I, that's how specific, I guess that's more like word of knowledge. I, I kind of interpret it as Those prophecy, are, but wow. I, that I've always wanted to be able to hear the Holy Spirit like that. And then I would go and lead them to Christ, or maybe they wanted to end their life. Or I have these, all these grandiose scenarios of like how, you know, just walking into that place. And it's never, it's never happened. Like it hasn't happened. And there've been times that, you know, something really tragic has happened to somebody. And, and I, I sometimes actually pray afterwards, God, like, why didn't you tell me? Like, why didn't you, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you give me a warning? Why didn't you give me or someone the opportunity to go and, and like, help this not to happen, help this crisis, this tragedy, this like, you know, breakdown, whatever it is, you know? And so anyways, it's just one that I've wrestled out with the Lord and always desired because same like you, the gift I operate in, it just feels normal. It doesn't feel totally really special or, or that really that supernatural. Like, yes, I feel connected to God as I'm operating it, but not in like, like a wow factor. Cause it's just, it just happens. So I know. So neat. Interesting. So right? neat. Yes. All right. Okay. This last one, it's a bit more of an intimidating one to talk about. Yeah. Apostleship. Apostleship. Uh, yeah. And so one distinction I'll make just off the top is there's kind of two, as far as I understand, I don't have a, a like a super, super vast understanding of it, but as far as I understand it, there's the office of an apostle and then there's the spiritual gift mm -hmm. of apostleship. So um, those are sort of two different roles within this same word. So we're talking about the spiritual gift of apostleship. 
Yep. So the definition of the gift of apostleship refers to a special leadership capacity to move with authority from God to create new ministry structures like churches, parachurches, to meet needs and to develop and appoint leaders to these structures. So this is very specific. Leaders of leaders, pastors okay. of pastors. Well, leaders of leaders. Interesting. So that would be the definition that we have. You know what's so interesting? The leader of leaders is that when I was in my 20s, 20s, like I was young, like I was just a, someone pulled me up on a stage, like, like a speaker came at some point and said, you're going to be a leader of leaders. And I was like, oh my goodness. I, and I mean, at the time I didn't even like, I, I wasn't even a leader. So I was just like, and okay. doing that. Well, no, but like, I, I never really, I never really, I never forgot it, but I never, I was just like, okay. And at the time too, I didn't even think I was a leader. Like I didn't even feel like wow. a leader. I've never felt like a leader. Isn't that weird? I've mm. never, ever, ever felt like a leader. I don't know if a leader is supposed to feel like a leader, but I've never felt like a leader. Not that I'm saying I have the gift of apostleship. I don't, I don't think I do. But that when you said that a leader of leaders, it just reminded me of that. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Yeah, so weird. So like some would not classify apostleship as a gift, but would confine it to an office, which was filled by those who were handpicked by Jesus to function in the founding of the church. Again, those are the apostles, apostle Paul and Peter and all of those. One who holds this view might say that with the passing of the 12 plus Paul, this office ceased, but others would say that there was an apostolic office, which continued beyond the 12 and Paul. There's ample evidence that there was a functional sort of apostolic role, which was fulfilled by a number of named individuals beyond Paul and the 12. And we believe that there's a special office established by Jesus and we'll call uh, the 12 and Paul the apostles. However, we believe that the gift of apostleship exists and functions today as well. So there's kind of the distinction mm. of the tension within that, this, this gift. Okay, so if you have the gift of apostleship, and it is not a common gift. Like this is a leader of leaders. So we're talking about a very chosen select. God makes room for this. Like you, if you have the gift of this, you would sense a strong call by God for establishing new works, a strong confirmation on the part of the leadership of the local church of which you are part of. So confirmation would come and of that you are a leader of the leaders in the local church, a forceful personality. Wow. That's amazing. Which can be, tr that can trust God to do what is necessary in unusual ways so that the work can be funded, founded, sorry, an ability to face new situations sensitively, a clear understanding of the nature of the church and its purpose, a personality which attracts people to follow your leadership, a person who can sense what God wants to do and is not afraid to try, a drive within you, which can't be satisfied apart from seeing people being reached and enfolded into the community of God who were unreached before. So this wow. is quite, that is really, really quite a spiritual gift. And that's wow. very interesting. Another comment is the capacity. So apostleship, the capacity to establish new ministry structures requires a special kind of authority from God. A person who has this kind of special authority is usually recognized by a local church and released to this new pioneering work. The gift can be operated within one's own culture or in a cross-cultural setting. Traditionally, the apostolic gift has been associated with missionary work because of the pioneering aspect was easy to see. However, 
all who go as missionaries certainly don't have this gift. Mm. So again, uh, yeah, apostleship has often been tied with missionary work, but not everybody who's a missionary has this gift. That's really neat. So you could see like establishing new works. They're confirmed by the leadership of local churches. So they are leaders of leaders and they're confirmed and they have a forceful personality, which is really, mm-hmm. really an interesting. But if you think of like even the to do new works and to kind of have that forging ahead and to be a leader of leaders, you do have to have yeah. a very forceful, assertive personality yeah. because you're doing unusual things. Yeah. And you're pushing, you're pushing, pushing things forward. New that territory. You, that you, yeah. An ability to face new situations sensitively, a clear understanding of the nature of the church and its purpose, a personality which attracts people to follow your leadership, a person who can sense what God wants to do and is not afraid to try. I love that. Yeah. You know what? There's a few of these that would have a tie with faith. Yeah. Because a few, maybe, maybe that's part of like yeah. a little, I wonder if there is a connection between this gift and the faith gift, because, you know, things like a forceful personality, which put, which can tr- trust God, that's, that's a faith gift too. There's sort of this assertiveness and just this unwavering trust mm-hmm. in the work of God and, um, very bold. Yeah. And a person is not, who is not afraid to try. Like who's not afraid to just go out and try Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like new and different and kind of step out like outside of even Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think where, where maybe they're even gifted or or skilled to do and a drive within you that can't be satisfying, satisfied apart from seeing people being reached and enfolded into the community of God who were unreached before. 